Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Faithful. Faithful, Raymond. This season already feels like 2018 when by like by the second Jimmy G went out in that Kansas City game, our season was over. I mean, I knew it then, you knew it then, we, everyone knew it then. And this season is giving me 2018 vibes, but I am trying so hard to stay faithful. But there's a lot we're going to talk about, and in my opinion, even beyond the game. And I'm going to talk about those questions once we get into this episode. But before we do that, where can they find us? Because we're several places we haven't been before. Let's go. You can follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated. You can find the Goldcast in that exact moniker. So be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, especially that last one. For the YouTube platform, that seems to be where everybody congregates to talk all things 49er when they want to join the discussion. Although uh, Twitter and Instagram are perfectly viable options, too, because some people use those as well. But if you want to get into the instant reactions of the video format of today's show, then YouTube is definitely going to be the number one spot for that. Absolutely. Make sure, especially... YouTube.com slash the gold cast. Follow us there that you are going to see the video versions of these podcasts. And I promise you don't want to miss them. They're literally the greatest video podcasts you've ever seen in your life. How do I know that? Because I recorded them myself. That's how I know that. Okay, so here we go. Week five. This is the final week before the gauntlet. Raymond and I were confident that we were going to get a win. Instead, we got a disastrous, controversial, and confusing week five. We're going to get into it. But first, your professor of fanalism is here. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. Class is in session. Fortunately, we got to go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> We'll do it again. <laughs> you can't be yawning during that part. Tell me when you're ready. I'm fighting yawns because of the time we're starting. I know. I'm normally well, in bed. <clears throat> sorry. We'll be super fast. Ready? And boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa Third, And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. I am here unwillingly. He is. Not only not only did Ray not want to record this episode because it sucks to record episodes when we lose, we're also here super late, and it, actually it's entirely my fault. I am like literally two hours late to this episode. So, Raymond, thank you so much for joining us on the Goldcast. Thank you for being here. All right, let's just get through this as quickly as possible because there's a lot to unpack, especially what happened at the beginning of the third quarter. We all know what I'm talking about. So this game very quickly gets out of hand. The Miami Dolphins on defense are looking like the 85 Bears. The Miami Dolphins on offense are looking like the 1984 Miami Dolphins led by Dan Marino. This team, we had a guy starting at cornerback whose name was Brian Allen. 
Brother, I'm not sure if you know who Brian Allen is, but I'm going to tell you who he is. I have no idea. I've <laughs> I know literally... who he's not. He's not Barry Allen, that's for sure, because the one thing he was lacking was speed to catch up with all the wide receivers that were burning his ass all throughout the first half of the football game. And it wasn't until that second score by Devontae Parker when Kyle Shanahan finally came to his senses and said, all right, I'm going to put in Akella Witherspoon. I was like, wait, Akella Witherspoon was available? Can we Where ask the hell was he? Where was Akella Witherspoon? Why is a guy named Brian Allen starting over Akella Witherspoon? Can we just talk about that for one second? You know, the, the only information that was given as to why that was even the case was by Dante Whitner, a.k.a. Dante Hitner, who just said, Akello is soft, and he's basically all about himself, and that's why he didn't start. Now, I have, I don't know how close Dante is to the team. He just post-came stuff, and he does interviews, so I don't know how involved he is. He, to me, I think he's more removed from the team than, than a Matt Mayoko. So, but sometimes I, I, he is really that, on, right? Sometimes, sometimes he's, he's on, and sometimes he's just kind of in his football. Yeah, you know, he's, he's doing, he's he's projecting his football self. To, to me, that comment was Dante projecting his football self. I was like, where did you get that one? So Akello is just a self-absorbed player that just didn't want to start or or didn't want to come off the bench or or for whatever reason was available but uh, didn't didn't fall into the start category. I was like, Akello wants to start. That's his role. The problem is he just to me. This is my interpretation. I think Kello just kind of gets in his own head and lacks confidence at times. And then there's other times when he's really sharp and he's really focused and he plays like the player that we hoped he would be when we drafted him. But, I mean, to me, self-absorbed. I was like, so self-absorbed. Kello Witherspoon is self-absorbed. This is the same cornerback who took all of Emmanuel Mosley's special team snaps during the playoffs when he got benched in favor of Emmanuel Mosley and said, hey, give me all of his special team snaps so Emmanuel Mosley can focus purely on just being the starting corner out there to cover guys. That doesn't sound like a self-absorbed player to me. And to be honest, self-absorbed is not is not a personality trait that's well-received or, or even something that's even prominent by anybody on this team because it's just not part of the football culture not the locker room culture not the football culture not the front office culture so to me i just i just think it's just dante whitner's way of saying like akello's not good enough so he didn't earn the start and this is my shitty reason why he didn't earn the start so i don't know i i don't, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about that because that's the least of our worries right now no i'm with you but but let me say one thing let me assand you on that entire statement that you just made also even if he was, quote-unquote, self-absorbed. Isn't that your job as a cornerback to be self-absorbed, to be completely focused on one thing, which is stopping the ball from being caught by your wide receiver or deflecting it if it's in the way? Isn't that your... I mean, there's no there's no more self-absorbed job than being a cornerback in defense. Am I right? That and wide receiver. Those are the most, yeah. most self-absorbed positions on on the planet and i'm with you if he was available why was he not starting who was brian allen and all of us literally i text our family thread our dear father rudy sleese jr the fourth unofficial member of the gold cast i literally text him and i was like who is brian allen and he goes we were literally just trying to figure that out too nobody knew who Brian Allen was, and he was getting burnt. And I'll say this. That's who's in this photo behind me. That's who's in this photo behind right, me. Right, move here. over so I can see the... 
That's Brian. Oh, That's his sorry. name. It's, it's mirrored, so let me. No, but that, no, 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 no. It's not mirrored. It looks, it looks fine on our screen. It, we reads perfect. Eighty forty-eight. Brian Allen. So, let's talk about this. I want to be clear. Getting to the professional level of any sport is one of the hardest things in the world to do. But having said that, Brian Allen looks so unprepared for this game. And Ryan Fitzpatrick torched him. Torched him. I'm pretty sure they gave him the game ball at the end of the game. The Dolphins are like, and the game ball goes to Brian Allen. From the 49ers. Yeah, make sure this ball gets to him. Send this guy. This guy. He was worse than a deer in the headlights because at least the deer will spot the light. Oh, man, I, I can't even. I can't. I feel bad because Brian Allen's going to see this and be like, I hate these guys. Fuck you. You have no idea how hard I work to get to the pros. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm with you. I'm with you, Brian Allen. Man, I'm with he's- you. I I know that he's probably not feeling too hot about himself right about now. And uh, I mean, he looked like a wreck on the bleachers. Oh man, I know. I know. There's the there's the blunder in in 49er sports analysts and sports journalism that's called a Cohen, named after the uh, the uh, the ding dong that uh, that everyone feels so highly who, about. Who, who just yelled at him? Was it Eric Armstead? Eric Armstead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I wrote at him. I, I wrote at Eric Armstead. Anyways. But but I mean, um, this guy was a quintessential quintessential Cohen on the field during this game, and it was a perfect example of what not to do. Akello came in and actually played a lot better, but the whole team—I mean—they got out coached, they got out played, they got out executed. Kyle Shanahan couldn't do anything with what he had. You know, this was definitely you know. I first I thought Brian was just kind of being oh, was kind of giving an overreaction. Brian but now who? that you're, but now, but cousin Brian. Oh, cousin. But Brian. now that I'm unofficial like, fifth member of the goal. Yes, but now that now that you're also echoing, you know, the notion of 2018 vibes. It doesn't seem so so much uh, an, an overreaction as as to you know a developing reality. And that's kind of that's a scary thought, because here's the thing. If again, my I said from the very beginning, my biggest fear, the only thing that I felt that could get in the way of a Super Bowl revenge season was health. And so far that has gotten in the way every single game. Every in other words, every single game someone has fallen. I'm not saying it's resulted in a loss, but we have two. We have three losses now. And. Every more game. now than we did last season at this exact same time, yeah. facing the same level of mediocre team. We faced mediocre teams for the first eight weeks, and we can't even get past two of them in a row. Yeah, which makes me very, very concerned for the gauntlet because Jimmy G. So Jimmy G. Obviously was not able to plant on the back foot, which was really affecting the trajectory of his throws. And which is what led to the two big picks that he had in the first half, which is what led to Kyle Shannon saying, I'm just going to pull him because he's not getting any torque off the back foot, which is the foot that he hurt. And as a result, it's affecting his throwing ability. So he did the next best thing. The only thing he could do, which was to put Bethard in there. And he was it's funny because it's like, you know, that these guys are practicing all week. And Nick Mullins clearly did not beat Bethard in the position of getting to be the to backup. So Kyle Shanahan's going, you know, he's kind of doing a little bit of Harbaugh here where he's going with the hot hand. But at the same time, they're trying to salvage a season because you the the odds of 
getting back just to the playoffs alone when you're already behind the eight ball in the first quarter of the season heading into the second quarter is pretty darn slim. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's ridiculously difficult. The if the the you you have a better chance of getting a top 10 pick than making it to the playoffs at this point. And the Niners don't want to be in that position. So they're trying to do everything they can, but unfortunately the depth is not working. The secondary that they have is just not good enough. You can't do it Tart and Ward cannot do it alone. Armstead cannot do it by himself. Kerry Hyder Jr. is playing fantastic, but again, we just need more help. It's not. It's different. We had four surefire, amazing pass rushers last season. This year, we have one, and then an up and Hyder, and then an Javon Kinlaw yeah. sometimes. Drake DJ Greenlaw Jones sometimes. D- DJ Jones seems to have some kind of injury problem every other game, so he's unreliable. I just don't get what the problem is with these guys and their health. And Richard Sherman also had a setback today, uh, revealed by Kyle Shanahan during the press, the Monday presser. Something to do. Uh, what is this calf injury that's had him miss f- uh, since week two? He's okay. been out. Okay, I want to talk about this. Uh, just, just on the whole, this goes back to the last three years, Raymond. And when I say this to you, you're gonna be like, "You're right." For three straight years, we have sat here and said. Why are the 49ers not drafting one of these top cornerbacks? We have said this three straight years. And last year, because of the way Sherman played, we're like, okay, maybe it doesn't matter. But even three drafts in a row, we've been like, where's the cornerback? Where's this cornerback? Where's the depth at at cornerback? We haven't done it. And now, Raymond, now look. Now in 2020, it has finally caught up with us. It is. We have managed to kind of get past it several times in a row, several years, but eventually it's going to catch up, and now it caught up. Now, Raymond, we're in a position where where's that cornerback? We I think you need to move. You need to consider moving Sherman to free safety like they've been talking about, uh, which is what happens to some corners. You move them to safety. As they get older few, and they yes, age out exactly, of that position. Like Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott was a corner. Then he moved to free, to uh, safety, and then he he's still a Hall of Famer even in that position. And actually played. That's where his best that, was. Was yeah, his at best safety. years were there. Yeah. Although he was a very good corner too in the short time that he was a corner. But I think it's time to because Jimmy Ward is so versatile. You could to me you could almost put Sherman back there with Tart and then move Jimmy to corner. Um, because he's that good, you know, he's, he had, he has played corner before he has the versatility to play corner. I just think, I mean, he, I just think because the safety position gives him, I think utilizes his versatility a lot better because you can bring him, you can put him in the box, you can have him against the run, or you can have him defend the pass versus corner. He's more or less kind of confined to just covering guys. You know, it's a little bit more restrictive, but at this point you don't have Kawan Williams. You don't have Richard Sherman. You don't have Emmanuel Mosley, and you have a half of Akella Witherspoon. So wh- what are you going to do? You cannot win with this group, so you've got to do something. And for some reason, they're going to try some shots. I believe that's what Kyle Shanahan said. They're going to try some injections to get down the inflammation that's happening in his calf. Why that's happening in the first place, I don't know. But the thing is, we cannot rely on Richard Sherman to stay healthy at this point. Unfortunately, that's just the, the reality. His age... The, the wear on his body is starting to take a toll. And he came back from a devastating industry and in, in uh, inj- injury and had a fantastic year last year. But
but now he's completely regressed because of health. Not be, not not skill wise. He has. And this was the fear, right? This yeah. was the fear that That's this the risk would you happen. Take. They took a huge risk by signing him in the first place, and and he knew it, which is why he represented himself and brokered his own deal. Which kudos to him. But at the same time, now it's coming back to haunt us because it's very short lived. He 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 was healthy and played a couple seasons so far, but that the season before 2019, he really he played okay. But at the same time, he wasn't his full self. He was his full self last season. He played great all year long. But uh, now we're seeing. But now we're seeing a, another fallout. An, an, another setback via via uh, his health, and so now I think going into the you know, I, I hate to start even having this discussion now, but looking ahead, if the season, if we see more of the same of what we're seeing now then yeah, the Niners are going to have a higher draft pick than I would hope for them to have, than they had this past season. And if that's the case, then you're going to have to start looking outside of defensive line and start looking at corner. Maybe start with corner, then go defensive line. Or go def- if you really want to go defensive line again, I really don't think they should, but I think they should definitely start to look at corner again. Okay, because- well, Brayman, I'm glad you brought this up because this is actually was going to be my next subject. You just segued into it. I mean, we're, we haven't even really talked about the game. That's how much is going on right now with the 49ers. So now, Raymond, I'm going to go into a subject that I feel is hot takey, and I don't like hot takey subjects. We're not a hot take podcast. The Goldcast is not a hot take podcast, and we're proud of that. We're proud of the fact that we don't make overreactions. We're not doing like some of these other guys we've already mentioned, that are every, every line is bait, click, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm going to say, Ray feels hot takey and you literally just handed it to me on a silver platter if jimmy g misses multiple games from here on out week six week seven i hate to say it i think we have to draft a quarterback i think we have to draft someone for the future because that's two out of three seasons we haven't been able to get jimmy g and there's been a lot of criticism of jimmy g and you and i both are stark defenders of Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a great quarterback. Everyone's like, well, he has happy feet. I go, well, he had happy feet in week one, and then week two on one leg, he did it. He is a great quarterback, capable of really good play. He had no no training camp, no preseason. Sorry, not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. Last time I checked, nobody's Patrick Mahomes except Patrick Mahomes. But Jimmy G on one leg in week two. Patrick proved. Mahomes also has amazing pass protection. We do not have good pass protection right now. The offensive line has been playing like shit all season long. Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins had one good game. Jimmy G's been fighting an ankle injury for the last couple, few weeks, and he's probably going to be more ready this coming week than he was. I think it was prematurely to bring him back. I think it was kind of a Kyle Shanahan, again, like I said last week on our recap episode, that Kyle Shanahan's going to feel the pressure of what this means for them dropping a game that they shouldn't have dropped, and he's going to bring back Jimmy G in the hopes uh, that you know they can have a more surefire uh thrower back there against a weaker team like Miami because Mullins couldn't handle the load uh, in, in for, from Philadelphia, even though they should have. And as a result, it was too premature. We could see how the back foot was not getting Mark Schlereth pointed this out. You know, we heard other pundits point this out. This is not a fluke. It's not that Jimmy D's a bad quarterback. It's just that his foot wasn't ready. And 
footwork is very important for a quarterback position. If you don't, if you don't pay, if you're not aware of that nuance and you don't care about that nuance, then yeah, you're going to be one of those idiots thinking that Nick Mullins is the answer or that drafting a quarterback or trading for a quarterback is the answer. I don't necessarily, not to say that you're an idiot for suggesting that we draft a quarterback, but how dare you, (laughs) but it's, but the people who think that we should be trading with like Cincinnati for their top pick, get the fuck out of my face with that. What needs that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Jimmy needs, Jimmy needs to heal. And he needs to play better. And we have a solid quarterback in Nick Mullins. He's just not a full-time starter. P- plain and simple. He'll give you one or two good games, and that's about it. And then it's kind of, you know, 50-50 shot if he's going to play better or not. You know, it's kind of like that. And and Beathard has an even lower percentage than that. Although he's looked better than he looked be- better than Mullins in, when he came in during the Philly game. And he just didn't have much to work with in the game against Miami. Offensive line was not pass protecting, couldn't get the running game going very well, although Mostert looked really good in the snaps that he was getting. He gave Jer- us our one giant run, which we know he gives yeah. us. Jarek McKinnon really underutilized, but again, we were playing from behind, so when you're playing from behind, you're, the running game is not going to be a, as big a feature as it is when the Niners are controlling the game. In this case, they were not, so... You the playbook often goes out the doorway in those situations because you're having to throw more often than you had planned for, and so that's the reason why, and another reason why we didn't see a whole lot of Jarek McKinnon, and again there just wasn't wasn't seen a whole lot of great separation too. Um, Kendrick Bourne, you know, not the fastest guy, good hands, but not the fastest guy, limited. George Kittle, again, led the team in targets, but was not, you know, didn't. Didn't catch, uh, didn't didn't get as many balls as he did the previous game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, okay. Yeah, he did okay. He did okay. Uh, It just wasn't a whole lot. I mean, look at this. Brandon Ayuk, he caught three balls. George Kittle caught four balls. Kendrick Bourne caught two. Raheem Mostert caught three. Debo Samuel caught two. Jarek McKinnon caught two. Kyle Juszczyk, zero. Jeff Wilson Jr., zero. Um, and by the way, these are the targets. Brandon Ayuk targeted six times. Kittle targeted eight times. Kendrick Bourne's targeted four times. Raheem Mostert targeted three times. Just not a lot. I mean, the, the Dolphins just smothered us. They smothered their, their defensive line. Looked like you know, looked like our line last year. Just not a lot of time. Tons of pressure. Tons of hurries. Tons of hits. Um, a bunch of sacks. So it was just an ugly, ugly, ugly game. I think they had they had five sacks on the day um, from us. We had two. We had Quan Alexander who got one, and then Kerry Hyder got that really impressive one where he actually chased down Fitzpatrick. That was a fantastic play. Where I he thought dove, of you. That was huge. Dove and got him at the end there. That was a really good play by him. That was awesome to see. We got a lot of quarterback hits, five quarterback hits, but that's compared to their eight. Eight quarterback hits, five sacks. You know, that doesn't even include uh, the, the pressure. They also had seven pass deflections that game. We had zero. Um, so that uh, is, again, another stark realization on how bad the secondary is hurting right now without the starting corners. So I want to ask you a question, Raymond. And I believe this question is probably going to be the headline for the YouTube video, for this video. This is the question I don't even want to ask, but it needs to be asked right now. Is our season already over? Mm. There's a glimmer of hope in this gauntlet if we can pull out 500. But 
if no one gets healthy in time, if Sherman continues to miss games, and it looks like he's projected to miss another game, if Jimmy misses another game, um, if any of those guys miss games coming up, then I guarantee you it's a loss to the Rams. Not to, I agree to. Not to get into our preview episode, which is in a couple days, but um, if, if they can't be healthy, that's a loss to the Rams, and that's a loss to whoever the next opponent is if they can't stay healthy for that. If, they hel- if they're healthy, then the offense can compete and help carry the defense. But it, it all hinges on health, and right now the Niners don't have it, unfortunately. I don't know what it is. You know, the Niners are almost, they kind of remind me of the Giants, where Giants will go to a World Series, then be super banged up and not even make the playoffs the next year. Then they would go to a World Series, be super banged up, and not make the playoffs the next year. That was just how the MO was during that five-year stretch when they won three out of five. The Niners, for some reason, are channeling that, albeit with that with a Super Bowl loss. But uh, it might be that case where they're just one of those teams that just cannot reset and stay healthy enough for the next season. And part of it has to do with the fact that sometimes John Lynch does take some risk on some guys. Uh, you know, uh, low risk, high reward. You know, your Jason Verrett's, your Richard Sherman's. Jason Verrett did play well um, when he was out there, though. So I did like what I see saw from him. Fred Warner continues to play at a Pro Bowl level every single game, despite all of that. Jimmy Ward, Iron Man, uh, he's playing solid right now. But unfortunately, and Jaquaski Tart was also solid as well from what for what he did. Dre Greenlaw was in the mix too. So Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, Dre Greenlaw all had seven sacks, five solos each. So very consistent with the guys who are in there. Quan was good. Quan had five, four, a sack, and a TFL. So good for him. And Brian Allen, three tackles, three solos. God, that's so horrible. Um, Javon Kinlaw was kind of, you know, didn't really do much. I didn't really see him flash and do anything all that impressive. Ever since I put him on the scope, he's not really done much. Not at all. Unfortunately, you know, um, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to come along. But um, I was excited about the pick. But so far through five games, it's just there's just not a lot. You know, he's he's just got a he's got a steep learning curve. You know, we um, look like the losers on that trade. Unfortunately, we do so far. Yeah. You know, if if he's able to come around and, and really step into his role, then great. But so far, I mean, this is just. This is as bad as it gets, and it could get very. I mean, uh, this is as bad as it gets right now. It could very. We're not well, even in the gauntlet, right? We're not. We haven't even faced. Well, we that's have what I was alluding to. The it, toughest, in my opinion, the toughest six-week stretch of any team in professional football. We're gonna go against the Rams, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Rams again, like all in a row. And like they no all break. look pretty good relative to our play. They look great. They all look playoff bound, and we do not. We look top 10 pick bound. So I'm going to say this. Since I asked you the question, I'll answer my own question. I'm going to tell you right now, I hate to say it, I, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it here, and I'm not being hot takey. I think this season is done. I think it's over. I don't think there's enough here to win out in the NFC West. If we were in the NFC South or the NFC East, which is a fucking garbage dumpster fire, sure. But in this division, three losses, already won to a garbage Arizona, which I'm so happy they've proved more and more as the season gone on that they're fucking garbage. Those guys thought they were going to win number one. I'm like, that's impossible. All three losses this year have been to garbage teams. 
Yeah. Which says, what about us? So, great point. I hate to say it. I think this season's done. Now, having said that, you, Goldcast Nation, don't <laughs> turn off the subscribe button to the show. Stay with us. We've got many great episodes coming. But I'm going to say this. I don't mean to be hot takey. Maybe I sound hot takey. But, Raymond, I am telling you right now, I think this season's over. I think it's already done. Like, we've lost three games. Seahawks are undefeated. Undefeated. Uh, the Rams have only lost one game. And no, we've only I, lost... Uh... I disagree. So I'm the eternal optimist and I'm not willing to throw in the towel yet because Jimmy G's not done for the year and Richard Sherman's not done for the year and Emmanuel Mosley's not done for the year. These are guys that could all come back in a week and Richard Sherman and Emmanuel Mosley starting high caliber corners that if they come back, it will make it will be a night and day comparison to what we saw against Miami and also what we saw against Philadelphia. And if Jimmy G comes back, he will obviously be a night and is able to actually plant and able to create some generate some better torque from his back foot when he steps into those throws. Or what foot was it? I forget which foot. This is right, I believe. Which is his back foot when he throws because yeah. he's right handed. So right if angle. he's able to to plant and step into his throws and able to generate pressure from his back foot, then better than he did this past week, then he's going to make those throws. You know, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, uh, the pick he threw was the first pick he threw this year. Granted, he's missed a co- he's missed a couple games, but before that, he was uh, error, you know, turnover free. So the point is that you know he can play when he's healthy. Richard Sherman can play when he's healthy. Emmanuel Mosley's a great number two corner when he's healthy. And if these guys come back, they're going to make a huge difference. Now I don't, and we don't know. We know D Ford is gone for the foreseeable future another bad pick a guy who has injury history and we we i was excited when he first came to the team but now he's just kind of really stepping into that role you know now we kind of see why kansas city was okay letting him go you know they have much more healthy players that are consistent on that line that that are playing just as good as he did when he was there um so so you know what the play is right you know we got to do right we take D Ford and we package like a second rounder and we go get Alden Smith. We get him <laughs> back to the Niners. Come back home, baby. We get Alden Smith. I'm yeah, sorry. That's that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's never, that's never I, I was just trying to go as hot takey as I could get in this episode. Oh, man. But that'd be, that would be actually insane. I'd be like, I would oh, not my give God. Up, definitely Alden. wouldn't give up a second pick for Alden Smith. Hey, but you know what? Seeing what he's been able to do, and granted, he hasn't, you know, it's, he's been a little up and down over there for the whole season. But seeing what he was able to do, can you imagine if he just stayed sane and never left the Niners? How fucking dope he would be! He would be right now. Him and and Bosa and D Ford for the four games we get him a year. Come on. It would be destruction, but It'd unfortunately, it'd be a wrap. But um, but we don't you know. live in that universe. We live in the alternate universe where D uh, Alden Smith went crazy and signed with the Cowboys five years later, and still somehow managed to get like four or five sacks, which is unbelievable. He has four sacks on a year. He's on pace for double digit sacks this year. Double digit sacks and double digit TFL. Gone five years. Five years. Five years. He's making bomb threats in airports, <laughs> and then comes back, and now he's like. 
like nothing for sex. Anyways. Yeah, but Dallas, Dallas has more worse problems than we do. Jimmy G didn't snap his foot in half. Um, okay, so let's go back to this, Raymond. So this is the big controversy. This is the second most controversial hot take that everyone's been talking about. There's a lot of people out there that assume Jimmy G was benched because he wasn't playing well. Even though Shanahan confirmed he was benched because he was struggling to put weight on that ankle, still people don't believe it. So, Raymond, where do you lie? Let's set the Gold Cast Nation straight right now. Because I think it's obviously because of injury. It wasn't because of gameplay. Jimmy G's had bad games before. He's just going to bench Jimmy G after half a half a game? You're just going to be like, fuck it? You're, you're sitting down for no reason? He's, he's, uh, he, him and the offense gave up five turnovers to Pittsburgh last year on the road. And he stayed in the game. The problem is that if you risk, if you leave Jimmy out there, and have him continue to put pressure on an ankle that's clearly not fully healed. Behind then, a line that can't protect him. Yes, and he was getting pummeled uh, in addition to that. Then you're going to risk more serious injury. I would rather, And so the question is, do you keep him in there and have him fight through it? Or do you, do you pull him out and save him and ha- give him some more time to heal? Because if you keep him in there, the risk is he gets injured more and you lose him for a longer stretch of time. When right now, he's just week to week. He's right there. He's right on the cusp of coming back there. He was so close to coming back, but it was just one week too soon, which means that next week, he might have a better shot at it. So you give it one more week and see where he's at. But what you don't do is you don't risk the guy who you gave you know, $120 million to, 130 however much it was, I can't remember. But you, you, you don't take an investment with that much money on him and risk injuring him to the point where he can't play missing a few games in the season is okay. That's fine. You know, Joe Montana missed multiple games in different seasons. He missed a lot of games and most people don't even remember that. Exactly. And that, that, that's where the quarterback controversy was coming from because when Steve Young came in, he was playing pretty damn good and he had a different dynamic style to him than, than Joe. And that's where people were trying to think like, gosh, and, and Bill Walsh wanted to start him. But I think there was, you know, whatever. This is not a rehash to pass gas. But, but it's, that's, but, that's Candlestick Will's episode. Yes, but the point is that Kyle Shanahan didn't want to risk putting Jimmy in further injury and lose him for a longer stretch of time. That's all this comes down to. I mean, uh, and they, even on the instant replay, Mark Slareth pointed out that Jimmy G was not planting his foot correctly and stepping into his throws because he couldn't apply full pressure because the ankle was not fully healed. And that is why he got pulled after that. Simple as that. So that's, thank- that's what led to the picks because the throws were not – those looked like those were not typical Jimmy G throws. I know he's thrown some bonehead picks last season, but the, the picks that I saw on this particular day just didn't – looked even more out of character of Jimmy G, even for Jimmy G's – you know, the even for the, the some of the picks that he threw last year, just to me, they just looked unorthodox. Like he looked like Mullins and Beathard out there. And he obviously is way better than both those quarterbacks. So to me, it does have a lot to do with the ankle. That's where I stand on it. Kyle Shanahan has no reason to lie. He's pretty honest about those things. Why would he lie about that? You know, so dude, just get out of here with that nonsense. I'm glad you said that. I completely agree. 
Every everybody in the NFL was like, "Oh, it's a quarterback controversy." Well, okay, well, let's be honest. Who behind Jimmy G is going to step up and win us this game? It's not like Alex Smith or Colin Kaepernick behind him. He's got nobody behind him. No offense to C.J. Beathard. No offense to Nick Mullins. But we've already seen in two and a half games that they are not capable of competing at the level of Jimmy G. Jimmy G in his first season as a full starter got us to a Super Bowl. And don't say it's the full team. Jimmy G got us there. No Jimmy G. If you put Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard in charge of that same exact team last year, we do not win. Those third down conversions, the way he was able to make that happen in the clutch, the passes, the over 400 yards against the Saints, those guys can't do that. And I'm not bashing them, Raymond. I think they're great, serviceable backups, but they're still just backups. And right now, Jimmy G, I'm going to lay it out for the entire Goldcast Nation because, as you mentioned, it has been said everywhere, but you still have all over NFL Twitter, 49ers Twitter, everyone is assuming that Jimmy G was benched because of his play. And I'm saying right now, we're going to set the record straight here on the Goldcast. We are not hot hot takey, but I'm telling you right now. We're not committing to Cohen on this episode or any for that matter. Absolutely not. You want that? Go to that show. You come here for the facts, for the passion. Jimmy G was benched. Because he was hurt and they didn't want to inflict further damage. Now, having said that, Raymond, it's a confirmed fact. It is a confirmed fact. If you don't believe it, then that's fine. You don't have to believe it. You just don't know football very well. And you don't don't listen very well either. (laughs) We're telling you, this was said. Now, Raymond, we got to go. We're pretty much done. But here is a sneak peek into our preview episode coming later in the week. I am so nervous for him because I believe, as of right now, Jimmy G is not going to play in Week 6. And if he doesn't play in Week 6 and we go two down in the NFC West, you can kiss this season goodbye. And I'm not trying to be hot takey. I'm just being honest. You can kiss this season goodbye if we lose two in the NFC West. And if Jimmy G doesn't play, we don't have a chance against a Rams team that unfortunately, according to Louis B on this show, they're rolling. And he said they're going to roll, and they're rolling right now. So they're I want to hear your take. They're rolling does, because they're healthy. You know, Miami was the better G team. Miami's not the better team. The Eagles were not the better team. They were just a healthier team. The same reason why the Warriors lost um, to the Raptors. So they weren't the better team. They're just a healthier team. When the, when the Niners are healthy, they're clearly the better team than either the these past two teams that we lost to. And same with Arizona as well. But... Um, you can't start the NFL season missing a bunch of guys. You got to be healthy. You got to take care of your body. And you got to be ready for the goddamn season. Now we see the repercussions of that. When you don't do the things you need to do to take care of your body, when you don't have a preseason, when you don't have a full offseason training program, these are the consequences that happen. And we're not the only team that's suffering from this. We just happen to be the team that's on the, you know, we're one of the top five we're teams. The highest ranked team to suffer the most injuries. Yes. So it, this is just, unfortunately, this is how the dominoes have fallen in the Niners' corner. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't quite understand it. I don't. I feel like there's a little bit of bad luck on our side right now, and I don't. I don't know. And a little bit why. of somehow, some we're not doing something right. I know we all kind of feel that, right? 
Yeah, I just don't know what that is. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan's racking his brain as well, too, because they've done they've made a lot of changes to try to ensure that the players stay healthy by making, you know, innovative decisions. We've said this before, the fact that they combined, you know, strength and conditioning with the medical staff so that there's seamless communication between both departments and they're able to better understand what's happening with players when with with their bodies and have them prepared better. So even with that change, we still are seeing a bunch of injuries. Now, some of it happened on the field, which you can't change, you know, but some of it happened off the field too. Debo Samuel got hurt in practice, you know, uh, D Ford, Nick Bosa got some freak, you know, just a freak accident just fell awkwardly. Jimmy Garoppolo, poor pass protection from an offensive line. that's playing like absolute shit. You know, Trent Williams hasn't played in a while. So obviously there's some reacclimation that he has to do. Mike McGlinchey just doesn't seem like himself quite this season. I feel, but I feel like we're most vulnerable up the middle with our center. Well, we don't have our center. We don't have our center right now. That's clearly an issue. Even though those guys played really good last year down the stretch when they stepped in, the offensive line seemed to not really miss a beat. But this year, they just haven't been able to carry that over. You know, remember, no, no, uh, no Joe Staley this year. And that, and although Trent Williams has been pretty good most of the time, you know, there is a little bit of rust and he has missed some plays here and there and allowed some things. But for the most part, he's been the best player on that line. But we do need our center back. We need the interior to play better. The guards need to play better. And we need it. We need our corners back. We can't rely on these guys. These guys. I mean, Jason Verrett is actually pretty decent. I'll I'll give it to him. He's actually not too bad. But he clearly because, isn't capable of playing every down right now. Well, He's Fitz not Patrick, Sherman. Well, Fitzpatrick said like, "Hey, Fitzpatrick and company said like, hey, who the hell is this Brian Allen guy? I don't know. Let's throw him the ball." So they just kept th- targeting him over and over. They gave him the game ball again. at the end of the game, right? They were like, "Hey, game ball goes to Brian Allen, our most valuable player." Thank you, Brian Allen. And he's yes. like, "Well, I'm wearing a Niner jersey." That happened. They said, "We don't care." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got the ball. I got three questions for you. Three really hard questions, and then we're out today. Question number one: Do we need to draft a cornerback in the next draft, or trade for one? I say no. draft, not trade. I say no trade, draft for sure. Mr. Okay. Sherman is not getting any younger. He's not going to get he's, his health isn't going to improve as he ages. So you have to start planning for that future. Question number two. Do we have to draft for a right or left guard? You I, it, it's never a bad idea to draft offensive line. All right, we, Ray. We've drafted offensive line every season so far. All right, Ray. Here's the one. You know the one I'm going to say. The toughest question I'm going to deliver. Two out of three years. Our boy, Jimmy Garoppolo, has been hurt. Two out of three years has not been able to perform the amount of games he's contracted out to perform. I love Jimmy G. But Raymond Solis the first. Do we have to draft? A rookie QB in the next draft. I doubt it. You doubt it? No, it's not going to happen. First I of all, think we Jim- have to. Jimmy's only missed a few games. It's not. It's but if not he doesn't time. play next week so, or the week after, that doesn't automatically equal draft quarterback. Uh, well, I'm I'm just saying we draft somebody 
that can mentor underneath him. He hasn't played. They draft Beathard in like the third or fourth round in 2017. If but, they did go with a quarterback, they would draft him in the late rounds. They're not going to take an early quarterback. I mean, I'm fine with that, but Beathard's and Mullins clearly cannot lead this team if Jimmy G goes down. And right now, we cannot depend on the health of Jimmy G. So we've got to do something for insurance, right? We got to start looking Maybe. at a, the, I doubt it. Wow. You got to let somebody go. If you're going to draft somebody, you got to let Mullins or Beathard go. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I'm no problem if, if we're drafting the quarterback of the future. I know you're fine with that. I'm just saying you, you're you and I are not the decision makers. That's going to come down to Kyle Shanahan, and I doubt he's going to do that. Well, they're I'm going to text Kyle Shanahan to tonight. I'm going to text him tonight and say, "Listen, you better listen to me. I'm Rudy Solis from the Goldcast. You need to understand my feelings on this." If Jimmy G miss, misses significant time, then I think that does happen. If he comes back and plays and stays healthy, then I think it's then that's not going to happen. Okay, listen. If we go like on a seven-game win streak, I'm with you. If we sit here and ball out for the rest of the season, now, granted that obviously there's a lot of factors that play into that that are beyond Jimmy G's capabilities. But having said that, I I disagree, Ray. I I think we have to draft somebody that we think is capable of ushering this team into the next era simply because Jimmy G now at this point, two out of three seasons hurt, two out of three seasons not capable of playing the contracted games he's paid to play. He gave us one great season. If he's out week six, week seven, I mean, it's it's not about, I'm not, I love Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is great. I don't like the haters. I think everything they're saying is bullshit. He's our starting quarterback no matter what. He was benched because he was hurt, not because of his play. Everybody has a bad game. Joe Montana has had some horrific games on record on YouTube. You can go see them right now. Him getting roasted. What about when the 49ers three years in a row got bounced out in the first round three years in a row after the 84 Super Bowl? No one talks about that. We're the only guys that know that only because I'm a historian on that. So... I am not saying that I don't think he's capable of leading the team. What I'm saying is I just am not sure if we can trust his health. I'm not trying to sound hot takey. Who can you trust back there if the offensive line is not protecting? It's not all on Jimmy. He he got hurt because the offensive line allowed the Jets to sack him and fall on his ankle. So put Mullins back there, that happens to him. Put Beathard back there, that happens to him. Put any draftee back there, that happens to them. If the offensive line cannot protect, then it doesn't matter what quarterback you got back there. Someone's going to get hurt because that's the game of football. So first thing needs to happen is the offensive line needs to start playing better because that's the first line of defense for Jimmy, for any quarterback that's back there, including Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they can't protect him, then that's, then that's on them. I mean, some of it's on Jimmy too. But at the same time, that's that's why he got hurt. He didn't get hurt because he's soft. He got hurt because his line is shitty right now. They're, they're just giving up sacks. You're absolutely right. No question. No debate. But we're going to kick this out to the Goldcast Empire. What do you think? Who's right? Should the 49ers draft a new QB as insurance in the case that Jimmy G cannot fill out and finish his contract? Or... Is the real problem just the offensive line, and should we draft 
new offensive lineman. Let us know down in the comments, youtube.com slash the gold cast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That is how this channel grows. We are clearly, obviously, your favorite 49ers podcast, video podcast that exists. But prove it. Like and subscribe and let us know. Let us know in the comments, what do you think about that game? Where's the problem? Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback? I agree with Ray. We it's need both. to draft. It's both. We need to draft new linemen, but I also am very nervous about the health of Jimmy G, and I believe we need insurance for for us. Let us know what you think and if you agree. YouTube.com slash the gold cast. We're going to be back later in the week, and we are right now in the middle of developing our wine bottle 49ers team with Candlestick Will. We're taking a poll. Go on to Twitter right now. Go on to Candlestick Will's page. We are taking a poll. We want to hear from the Goldcast Empire what you think about the selections we have for the Wine Bottle 49ers team, the greatest 49ers team ever assembled, built from players from all eras. Basically, we're starting from 1980 on, and we're like, is it is it 81 Dwight Clark or 88 John Taylor? 94 Steve Young, 89 Joe Montana. We are trying to pull together the greatest team ever assembled for the 49ers using players from all eras, and we want your input. Go onto Twitter at Candlestick Will. Look at his polls and give us a shout out because whatever you decide is going to help us pick the greatest wine bottle 49ers team of all time. Raymond, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? No, just <laughs> super frustrated. <laughs> super frustrating. Yeah, me too. This whole team dropped a big ass Cohen on the on the field this past Sunday <laughs> against Miami. <laughs> they really did, and um, this team is giving me 2018 vibes. But let's not forget, we are called the 49ers faithful. You are called listening to us, the Goldcast Empire. We do not run, we do not hide, we do not quit on our teams. So keep watching. Keep supporting, and we'll be back later in the week with our preview episode of the beginning of the Gauntlet 2 against the Los Angeles Rams. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.